Praise the Lord, everybody. Oh, let's praise Him just a minute here today. Oh, we got to get churchified here this morning. Oh, my. My, 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 my. Glory. Glory. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Oh, my. Amen. Amen. And everybody do say praise the Lord. Amen. I'm glad to be here today. I, I've waited a long time to come back to redeem myself from my last little visit here. And uh, I thought since I didn't preach that last time, I'll make up for it this time. And uh, so, uh, you know, my time says uh, about 18 minutes to 11, so we got plenty of time. I'm happy to be here. I salute you. I want to give honor to one of the premier. And I say... I. We don't just have a, a fraternity up here, Brother Copeland and myself. I'm telling you, this is one of the premier preachers in Pentecost. Pastor Tim Copeland. I mean that from my heart. And uh, I really feel like that if any program or any conference can get this man's name on the list, it's uh, it, it upgrades it quite a bit. Uh, and it's uh, being... Its chance of being successful is so much better. I want to give honor to Sister Copeland today. Praise God, one of my best sister-in-laws. Amen. And behind this good man has had to be a good woman. And I appreciate her, love her, and I respect her. And one more thing, I'd like to thank God for your music director. Amen. My... Amen. Amen. You know, I, 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 I take I take credit any, anywhere I can get it. Used to, uh, used to, Brother Copeland was my claim to fame, and he still is. But uh, brother, you're being eclipsed quite a bit because everywhere I go, they say, "Oh, you're Rachel's daddy." I say. So immediately, I'm all right. I say, "Yes, yes, yes. That's that's who I am, and that is who I am, and I'm glad to be here today." Now, I want to preach real fast here this, today. I really do. Because I want God to do something here this morning. Does anybody beside me need anything from God here this morning? How about it? Does anybody need anything from God? <laughs> oh, I'm glad some of you do. I'm glad some of you do. Oh, thank God. Glad to see Brother Wakefield. God bless you and these other brothers. Let's turn to the book of Genesis today, the book of beginnings, chapter 41 and verse 51. Then I want to go to chapter 48. Uh, just to give you a little background, and I will be mindful of this time. And Joseph called to the name of his firstborn Manasseh. Manasseh. Joseph did that. For God said, He hath made me forget forget all my toil and all my father's house and the name of the second called he Ephraim for God hath caused me to be fruitful fruitful in the land of my of my affliction I would like to go to Genesis 48 and um, verse number 12 uh, it said and Joseph brought them out from between his knees this is these Two boys, Manasseh and Ephraim, their lads. And he bowed himself with his face to the earth. And Joseph took them both, Ephraim in his right hand, 
toward Israel's left hand and Manasseh in his left hand toward Israel's right hand and brought them near to him. And Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it upon Ephraim's head, who was the younger, and his left hand upon Manasseh's head, guiding his hand wittingly or knowingly or intelligently, for Manasseh was the firstborn. And he blessed Joseph. Uh, verse 17, And when Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand on the hand of Ephraim, the younger, it displeased him. And he held up his father's hand, removed it from Ephraim's head to Manasseh's head. Uh, and Joseph said to, to his father, Not so, my father, for this is the firstborn. You, you got your hand on the wrong boy. Put thy right hand upon his head. And the father refused and said, I know it, my son, I know it. He also shall become a people, and he also shall be great. But truly his younger son shall be greater than he. And his seed shall be a multitude of, um, uh, of nations. Verse number 20, And he blessed them that day, saying, And, and thee shall Israel bless, saying, God make these as Ephraim and Manasseh. And he said, Ephraim before Manasseh. And everybody say, Amen. And you may be seated. I want to talk about the day that God crossed his hands. His hands. Now we know, we know the patriarchs. We know that they were great men. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and then Joseph. And then little did we know that it went from Joseph to Ephraim. And in those days, the blessing of God, the right hand blessing was a uh, the birthright was a desired, powerful thing. We do find that when Israel went down into Egypt, the birthright ceased to be important. Egypt has a way of uh, dulling and taking things that are sacred to prior generations away from us. If you will remember in the book of Genesis, the birthright played a great part in, uh, in the transferring and the generational and the legacy and the inheritance from one generation to another. In fact, the whole family feud came about because of a birthright with, um, with um, Jacob and Esau. And it was major. But down in Egypt's land, after time takes its toll, and in the process of time, that right-hand blessing, that favor... That, that indescribable double portion, that indescribable favor of God seemed to have lessened. But we're going to talk about that today. Uh, Joseph was the young man that uh, was sold down into Egypt, sold to some Midianites and took down into Egypt's land. And uh, he, uh, he had a horrible life. He should have been lost in the system, the prison system. He was 13 years in a pagan Egyptian uh, prison system, and ours is bad enough, but there's no way to compare this. And when Joseph came out, if he came out at all, he should have come out bitter and mean and angry, but he did not. And when he stepped on the scene at the age of 30 to become Pharaoh's prime minister. There was not a, another 30-year-old man like him in the world. God had sent him to school, prime minister school, school if you please. Uh, it was the prison. Amen. God 
took him to his training ground. And when he came out, he was a full-grown man. And God had revealed him that, that there's going to be some good times and there's going to be some bad times. And there's going to be seven years of good and seven years of bad. And during the seven years of good, God gave Joseph two sons. And the first one, and I'm hurrying here today, but um, the first one, he named him Manasseh. Everybody say Manasseh. Now, let me, let me interpret Manasseh for you. That means forget. That means forget. So every time he called Manasseh, he's calling forget. He said, because the Lord hath helped me. I've got two major areas in my life. I got my past and I got my future. <laughs> I, I got my hurt. I got my mistakes. I got my failures. I got my disappointments. And God has helped me to, to forget. And he's forget, let me forget my tall. And then he said, he's, let me forget my father's house. That's what he said. And then the other one, he named him Ephraim. And Ephraim means fruitful. Everybody say fruitful. That means fruitful. I am fruitful. The Lord hath caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. So when he called Ephraim, he was calling fruitful. Come here, fruitful. Where is forget? We call him Manasseh and we call him Ephraim. In those days, names meant so much. Today, today, I, I don't know what they mean. There's some names you cannot mispronounce. There's some names, they just name kids every name under heaven. But in those days, those days, names were an extension of a personality or a character or some aspect or some, some religious connotation. Uh, uh, and so Joseph said, I've got two, two high peaks in my life. I got my past with all my hurt and with all my tears and with all my mistakes. And he's my firstborn. He's my firstborn. Now in right, forget is supposed to get a double, a double portion. Because he's the firstborn. And the second one, God said, God let me be fruitful. I am a fruitful man. Now, now the time comes that it's the time to pass the, the lineage, the blessing, the double blessing, the double portion. And so, so here he brings these two boys. Uh, you have to look. I, I can't get into it right now, but there's an interchange there between Jacob and Israel. Jacob and Israel. Jacob, Jacob's the old man, and Israel's the new man. Jacob's the old fleshly man, and, and Israel the, is the spiritual man. And you've got to understand that those first ten boys was raised under Jacob. And the last two boys was raised under Israel. Boy, it does matter who the daddy is, I tell you that. It doesn't matter what daddy's doing. It doesn't matter how daddy's living. Come on now. I'm, I'm going to tell you, if I get some help here, I'll hurry up. If I don't, I may just, it, it just that old draggy spirit comes on me. So I might need some help here this morning. I don't want that old draggy spirit on me. Grandma on me here this morning. And so it comes time the old elder is passing away. 
And there has not been a transference of the, the blessing, the birthright. And so, uh, uh, Jacob, Jacob is, is, is going to die, of course. And so Joseph gets these two lads. I, I don't know, maybe in my way of thinking, Brother Copeland's two youngest boys. Uh, that's just my way of thinking, that they were just young boys. He said he, they were between his knees, just had them right there. And, and so uh, it's time to pass this blessing on. And so um, he comes in and, and church starts. There's four people at church that day. I, I tell you, it don't have to be a, a big crowd for God to do something. It, it don't have to be a, a special pedigree there, a special for God to do something. God was about to do something big, Brother Wakefield. But when I tell you that this little meeting here today with four people is going to have such far-reaching effect. In fact, it's going to show up in the book of Revelation what happens here today. Yeah, it's going to go all the way and hundreds of thousands and maybe millions of people will be affected by a little church service with four people. An old dying man and his son and his grandsons. And you say, well, it's insignificant. Don't underestimate what's going on here today. And it's not because I'm here and because these men, but it's because God is here. Don't have to underestimate what God would do if he could get a little cooperation from you and me here this morning. If our response could be right, Brother Copeland. My, 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 I'm telling you, he's up to something big again. You would have never known it when, when he brought those two lads in and he said, Father, I've come. And all of a sudden Israel stands, sets up. Not Jacob, but Israel sets up. And brother, it meant something when Israel set up because he was under the influence of the Spirit. And so, first of all, he begins to tell Jacob and Joseph, he said, I, the Lord, have made me fruitful. Boy, that ought to be a key right there. And if you look over in chapter 49, you're going to find out that Joseph is a fruitful bough running over the branch. And so we got a grandpa that's been made fruitful. And we got a daddy that's been made fruitful. And the legacy's got to continue. God wants you to be fruitful. God wants your life to have a special anointing on it. God wants to put that right hand of blessing on you today. I can't tell you what this means to some of us in this house for God to put his approval on me. If God be for us, who can be against us? I might tell you if God's for you and the whole world is against you, you're a winner. But I might also tell you, friend, if God's not for you, it don't matter who else votes for you. You really need the hand of God in your life. And you need it in a major way here this morning. You need the hand, the right hand, the right hand. I'm going to emphasize that. The right hand of power. The right hand of authority. The right hand of blessing. When God puts that right hand on you, whoo Brother, you're home free if you keep it on you. Somebody say praise the Lord. And so he says, um, you know, first of all, we've got to tend to a little business. 
You know, that right hand of blessing was on me. I fought for it. I fought for it long and hard. In fact, I've been in trouble all my life because I love that, that right hand blessing. I said, i got to transfer this to somebody. And so he said, what I'm doing here today, basically, basically, is I'm crossing my hands and I'm going to put it on you instead of Reuben. Reuben was Jacob's firstborn. But he was defiled. And, and he said he was stable, unstable as water. So he said, he, he, I'm going to bypass him in the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to put my right hand of approval on you. And that birthright went from, from Jacob to, to Joseph. Then he said, and, and, I, and I'm telling this, I can't tell you how big this is. I can't tell you how, how big what happened in this little land of Goshen really, really happened. And then he said, next thing I'm going to adopt your two boys. They're not yours no more after today. They're mine. Your sons after you, after this, is going to be called by your name. But they're called the 12 tribes of Israel. But really, the the 10 of his boys and 2 of his grandsons. That's what he said. It was an official adoption. And so when you name the 12 tribes of Israel... You're naming ten of Israel and two of Joseph, but there was an official adoption that day. And then he said, I, I tell you what else I'm going to do. Uh, I want to bless these lads. I want to bless these lads. And so he brings, uh, Joseph is still, still wanting, wanting that right hand blessing on his past. He's still wanting to say that I forgot my toil, my labor, I tried to forget my family, and you've done a good job, Joseph, but God's not going to let you forget your family. That's your roots, boy. And those, and that's a, is, is, is a, a altar builders in your roots. You can't forget them. And what he was wanting, and I'm hurrying, but I know somebody's listening to me today. I know somebody needs that right hand blessing on you today. But I live and die for him to put that right hand on me every morning if I can get it. And so he, he brings he brings his elder for the right hand. He puts him right here. He puts the younger over here, so that left hand blessing. Uh, uh, because he won't forget to be anointed. He won't forget. He, that's the pr- premier. That's the prominent thing in his life is... I'm majoring on forgetting my past. All of my energies is going in to getting past my past. That's my firstborn. He, he, he consumes my energy. He consumes my mind, my failure, my 13 years in that prison. My dad, I could be at his house in less than two weeks and he never went home. He didn't know if he was alive or dead. Uh, didn't know. And he could have been home to see his dad in less than two weeks. But he said, I'm going to forget him, brother. Uh, and he was majoring on forget. And, and the Holy Ghost comes on this man, this old man. And all of a sudden, wittingly, wittingly, knowingly, under the influence of the Holy Ghost, he crosses his hands. And what's going to happen here today, it's going to be prophetic. I wonder, I, I, don't, I don't know if Jacob even understood what he was doing. He said he did, but what he was doing, he was not going to give a double portion to forget. He was not going to anoint 
and give longevity and long life to an energy that lives its life in the past. What God was doing here was giving, putting a man, putting the emphasis on a man's future. Instead of his past. Every man here has a Manasseh. And you have an Ephraim in your life. Every one of us here, if we're not careful, all of our faults and all of our energies and all of our tears will be spent on our brokenness and our past and our hurt and what men have done to me and how I have lost and what a fool I've been and the choices I've made and I'm paying for my choices. And if you're not careful, all your time at prayer will be spent on, on Madassa, on your past. And if you're not careful, all your prayer requests will be, help me get past my past. Somebody say amen. I'm telling you, God wants this inner man and this outer man both to be blessed. Here was a man still way down in his heart was holding on to some old grudges. That only God knew about. He was so blessed uh, financially and, and, and externally. He, had, he was the prime minister of all, of all Egypt, the whole world. Second most powerful man in the world. And God's going to call him blessed. He's going to bless him. I, I'm just telling you, regardless of where you are here this morning. God is a God that's ready to cross His hands in your life one more time. Now, I, I really feel, Brother Copeland, I felt strong about this message. I, I, I really felt strong about what I'm preaching here today. And over here was little Ephraim. As yet, he's still, he's still the underdog. As yet, because he represents his tomorrow. He represents his future. He represents his promise. He represents his potential. He represents possibilities. He represents things that Joseph cannot even think on. You know why? Because he's consumed with my past. I missed it, Brother Copeland. I messed up and, and, and helped me get past my I'm going to tell you what God's in the mood today. He's in that same mood today. You know what he did that day? He crossed his hands, brother. And the Bible said he put Ephraim before Manasseh. In a moment's time. What he did, he put the past into a declining position. It's not as important as it was when you came in this building. And your future is more important to God than your past ever was. But I am telling somebody, oh, God only knows how I feel in my spirit here. God does not care if you drove up or rode up on a bicycle, if you walked up here. He don't care how you come in, but He cares about how you go out of here. What I would tell you in this building tonight, God's more concerned about your future than He ever was about your past. Why don't we clap our hands under the Lord? Oh, I'd like to say it. I'd like to tell you that he's in that mood again, brother. I know when he's in that hand-crossing mood. Something big 
think was going on. He said, what I'm going to do here, I'm going to, I'm going to put that right hand on your future. Manasseh can never, he's never worthy of a double anointing. When, when Jacob, when Jacob died, he, he did bless both the sons of Joseph leaning on the staff and worship. Both of them received a blessing. The past and the future. But what I am trying to say here today is the devil's job is to keep us occupied. Forever occupied about some past that you can't ever undo. And you can't never straighten it out. I'm going to tell you what you can do. You can put it under the blood. It can be so deep under the blood that it will never be mentioned again. This is his specialty. I said this is his specialty. Amen, amen. And so he crossed his hands that day, brother. And what he, what he was doing was saying, Joseph, from this day on, don't major on your past. Don't waste your energy on your past. I'm giving you back your tomorrow. I'm giving you a future. Yours is the future. Brother Wakefield, yours is the future. It's not the past. God's crossing his hands here today. God's crossing it. The favor and the power of God is in the future. It's not in the back. It's not behind us. God said, I tell you what you do, you just let that decline. And you, you leave this, I'm telling you, he does that often. And I feel strong today that that's the reason I'm here. I prayed this morning, Pastor, I said, I don't even know if I was, if this little trip is for AMC or, or this may be the, the main thrust of my little trip away from home right now was to come to Buford for a Sunday morning. <laughs> Tell somebody struggling with your past. You can get past your past. And he'll take his big head and he'll put it on your head. You know, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder if Jacob thought when it was all over. My, how easy that was. My, I wish I'd have waited. I wish I'd have waited for God in my day. I took that into my hands and I wanted it so bad and I made a mess of it. But here he is. He saw how quickly God can change a man's fortune and how quickly God can change a man's future in a moment's time. This little meeting here this morning, not to minimize the crowd of the meeting or the, or the preacher, uh, others in town don't even know we're going, we're having church, but I'm telling you, God's up to something big here this morning. I remember on Calvary, he crossed his hands, brother. Do, do you understand on Calvary? Amen. He crossed his hand that the blessing of Abraham could come on the Gentiles. (laughs) 
Oh, I'm hurrying, but I'm telling you one day in Acts chapter 10, there was a Gentile by the name of Cornelius that could not be saved. And my great God, he crossed his hands that day. And he slapped that right hand on a Gentile. That's what I am, brother. We were foreigners. We could not be saved. But God, in Acts chapter 10, he put that right hand of favor on him, brother. Telling you, you can come in here broken. You can come in here bruised. You can come in here bleeding. You're in the right place. At the right time. Because God's got that right hand ready right now to put on your head so that your life will forever be changed. I don't even know her name, brother. But she was a Syrophoenician woman. And it was not her time. He said, it's not right for me to give children's bread to the dogs. I mean, insulted her. Hey, man, I'm telling you, worship. Everybody say worship. Worship puts him in a hand-crossing mood. <laughs> oh, my. Uh, it seemed to me that in the Old Testament it was just a sovereign move of God when he crossed his hand. But in the New Testament, I, I found out some things that puts him in a hand-crossing mood. It may not be your time, but worship, worship, worship makes it your time. I'm telling you, she worshipped him. He, he, he. Oh, I know he was God, but and I, I don't take this out, but, but he said, she, she's getting close to me now. She, she's coming too close to me. And she, the Bible said, she worshipped him. And in my terminology, she, he crossed his hands. <laughs> I, I remember too. I, I'm, I'm, I'm about to close here today. There ain't no end to it. I'm just gonna close. But I do remember there was nine, nine lepers, and 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 God healed all nine of them. But one stopped and said, "Thank you, Jesus." I'm gonna tell you, brother. There's nothing like a thankful heart that will cause him to cross his hands. There's nothing. Oh. Oh, somebody needs to hear me. You're not hearing me. You're just standing. If you need that right hand on you, I'm just telling you. There is a way. Here, right now. He's up to something big. And that one Samaritan, Samaritan. Here again, in, 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 in the law, they, they were unfit. But, but he crossed his hands and he made him whole. The rest of them were healed. Healing's not good enough for me. I need to be made whole. And ever how far your faith can go with this, brother, I don't know how far your faith can go, but I'm telling you how far my faith can go. I'm telling you my faith means that he could heal that leper all the way back to a healthy, clean, clear, unblemished body. Leprosy was a disease that would eat fingers off, that would maim and twist heads and the skull. And I'm just telling you, when he said you're made whole, oh, don't mess with my faith here this morning. I'm telling you, he was, that word was, he was not only just to heal, the rest of them got to the priest and their leprosy was cured. But here comes this Samaritan up. He stopped long enough to be made whole in body, in spirit, and in mind. 
He crossed his hands, brother. I'm closing here. Music, come on, if you will. His name was Bartimaeus. That means son of Timaeus. He was blind. You know what he did? He, he made him cross his hands, brother. Somebody hear me in Buford this morning. I know it's time to go home, but I'm telling you what time I feel. I feel it's hand crossing time in this place. You know what? When he crossed his hands, blind Bartimaeus was not blind Bartimaeus after that. He was just Bartimaeus. He didn't act like a blind man anymore. He didn't look like a blind man anymore. He didn't beg like a blind man. And when God crosses his hand in your life here this morning, you're going to walk out of here a whole person. I'm telling you, he's ready to fill somebody with the Holy Ghost. He's ready for somebody to say, hey, hey, preacher, are you serious about me putting my past behind? Are you serious about me getting rid of that, that failure? Brother, I'm telling you, when God puts that hat right hand on you, all of a sudden the main thing in your life is your future and your potential and possibilities. It's not that you won't ever uh, think about Manasseh again. But he won't be that important because you've got Ephraim. Ephraim is your future. Your future is in the church. Your future is in the house of God. My, my little trip since I've been here has been marred uh, with a very grievous, grievous thing in my life. I am faced at home with a lady that's passing on. I'm not ready to preach her funeral. I'm really not. I'm really not. I'm sad. I'm really sorry that it's happened. She's where she is because of choices she made in her life. She's comatose. They're probably going to pull the plug this evening or tomorrow. Uh, We're where we are because of choices we made. Some of us have not made good choices. Some of us have not made wise choices. But God in His mercy has brought us to this house today. Amen. But tomorrow can be different for you, sir, because of a choice you made right here. I remember a man stood in our pulpit not long ago. And his sister come to him and, and um, she said, Weldon, our lives took a divergent, took a different path not long ago. And she couldn't really figure it out. And he looked at her and he said, Sister, I'm where I am today because 20 years ago I made a choice. I made a choice when I was in that apostolic church. They were talking about children. Here his children are grown and beautiful in the work of God. And he said, I, I'm no better than you. I'm no smarter than you. If there's any success at all in my life, it's because 20 years ago I made a choice. And I made a choice that the church was my future. And I'm here today because of that choice. Somebody say praise the Lord. Let's stand. hands here this morning and let's love Him. Why don't we praise Him here this morning, shall we? Do this for me. Praise the Lord. Everything that hath breath. Come on. Let God speak to us here right now. Come on. Come on. Come on. You you can make a choice here this morning. God.
God is in that hand cross and move again, sir. <laughs> I'm going to go home and preach a funeral that I don't want to preach. God only knows I hate to preach this funeral. Don't, don't put your family and your preacher in that position. You know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to tell you that if you're bold enough to step forward here and let this church pray with you, you'll repent of your sins. God will cross his hands here this morning. And your future, your future will all of a sudden take on a different light. You'll have a future. God gives us back our tomorrow. I'm telling you, the devil would take it away and all of us die in a prison somewhere. But God gives us back our tomorrow. Sing for me, folks. I want somebody to come and help me pray tonight, today. Does anybody here who wants to come and say, God, cross your hands. Cross your hands in my life this morning. Come on, God. Here they come. Godly people. How about it, neighbor?